morning everyone it is it's later than usual i realize but listen sometimes life right i know you know what i mean like sometimes life happens and and things have to be rearranged but the the real thing is is like that we don't quit that we don't stop short of doing all the things so the darkness may last for a night the joy comes in the morning or the morning, the morning may last for the night, however you want to say that, but that's not what we're talking about this morning. We are talking about being overcomers. And I didn't really mean to, um, to step into this this morning, but I, as, as my morning unfolded, as, as my yesterday fell into today and the same things were, um, coming at me, I decided, you know what? I think this is a good idea. I think this, I actually had a plan, you guys, and I want to get to this. Um, <clears throat> I, starting next Friday, I, I want to start talking about um, our, our our eyes, our mouth, our ears. I was listening, we've been listening to um, Joshua Mills soaking um, music. And the one that we were listening to last night is called Portals. And they're really talking about um, the portal of your mouth, the portal of your heart, the portal of your eyes, your feet, and, and your ears. And um, I, it, I think it's an important thing that we dive into. And that's what I wanted to do this morning. But clearly, God has another plan. And um, so allow me, if you will, to be very real. I want to, I want to explain to you what has been transpiring for me over the last um, 24 hours, probably, and probably a little bit longer than that, you'll understand. Um, and, and I want to unpack it. And I want to tell you how it is that, because I really feel like what Holy Spirit was like, I, I want you to bring people along in real time, because um, this is a deficit. It's a deficit for people. They don't know how to deal with the things that are coming at them. And I'm like, do I? Do I know how to deal with the things that are coming at me? Now, this is not like, this is not concrete. You have to do it this way. This is how I feel led to handle the things that are coming at me. Um, give me a thumbs up if you have stuff coming at you. Not that I want you to agree with that, That, but I want to know like where you're at. Like, Is your life just completely hunky-dory and all is well? Give me some hearts if that's you. But if you're someone who just has things like coming at you right now, I, I just want to know who you are. Hi, Amanda. My goodness, I haven't seen you in forever. Um, so here's the deal. First, I want to start off by saying that a lie believed is a thought that opens the door to um, manifest in agreement, right? So we have to we have to understand that some of the things that are coming at us are lies. They are our lies. But when a lie is believed, it, it's a thought. It becomes your thought. It becomes your thinking process. And, and then that opens the, the door for um, agreement to, to begin to manifest in our lives. And so here is what started to happen to me. It, this has been an interesting week. Um, there have been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of heaviness um, as the, the week has unfolded. And here we are five days in and um, and I'm feeling and experiencing the weight of it. And yesterday, this is what's really interesting. And remember, this is Angie being completely open and honest with you about the things that, that go on in, in my life. And so yesterday morning, I had this thought of, um, 
And remember, we have to understand, we need to really begin to zero in on where are these thoughts coming from? Are they are they beginning internally? Or are they coming at us, right? Because if it's coming at you, you know that that it's it's likely a lie, especially if it's coming at you quick and it begins to swirl. Um, and, and that's what was happening is there were things happening all around me. And I, I watched as as there were moments of, of people being paralyzed by the things that were coming at them. And, and honestly, in, in some regards, refusing to move, refusing to pivot. And, and then some of the other things that were happening, you know, I, I felt like I was in this like, oh my gosh, this muddy, muddy place of like, just move. And, um, and, and it's not, I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking about one person in particular. There have been a lot of things happening this week that I have been pulled into. And, um, and I think right, rightfully so. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not even, I don't want to look at that and be like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have been involved in all that because I am so thankful for where I'm at right now. And, um, so yesterday morning, I, I had this thought come at me of like, maybe things would be better if you could just, you know, maybe like if things just weren't good for you, cause then you wouldn't have to do all the things that you're trying to do. I know to say it out loud is a ridiculous thought. And, um, but if you would do the same, if you would say those things out loud immediately, you would realize how absolutely ridiculous it is. But when they're just swirling lies that become thoughts, they don't sound so ridiculous because they align with a broken mindset that we have. Yes, I'm admitting I have a broken mindset over some things. And first I was agitated, annoyed, all these things. And then there was just like this agitation in me turned into, well, maybe their life isn't so bad. Maybe I should like try on being broken. <laughs> I know you guys, it sounds so terrible. I know it's fine. We're going to be fine. This is what happens to us though. And I'm willing to be the one who says the things out loud so that we can all learn from them. Okay. Okay. Glad we're in agreement. Um, anyway, so on the heels of this thought yesterday that I was willing to toy with, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't on my A game. I was just kind of allowing this thing to, to manifest and exist in my space. Normally, what I would do is be like, what? That is the most absurd thing ever. But because I was allowing myself to be agitated in the first place and annoyed in the first place, I was allowing this thing because misery loves company. Let's just be honest, right? Yes. Um, and so anyway, I started to put my shoes on. This is first thing in the morning. I started to put my shoes on and, you know, you don't have to bend down to put your shoes on. And I am not really old enough for this to be happening. But anyway, I bent down to put my shoes on and I pulled them on and immediately my back started hurting. Well, what you need to know is that in between 2000 and 2001, uh, the year that I didn't have a child, um, for those of you that know me, I had six kids in just shy of eight years. So this was, this was the year between Sadie and Autumn. And, um, I, I had kidney stones and, um, that was the worst. Again, I've had six children, so I, I'm, I'm acquainted with pain. And this was the worst pain imaginable, the, this kidney stone issue. And it would, it went on and on and on. It was like a eight month 
thing that I dealt with and, um, and it was excruciating. Well, this pain in my back was mimicking that kidney stone pain. And, um, and I like immediately like fear rose up in me. Are you following? Are you following what's happening? Like I didn't make a solid agreement with this lie that was swirling, but there was a little bit of an agreement. I definitely didn't throw it down, right? Like that's what we need to do. We need to get violent with these things and just throw them down. I didn't do that. And, and so then, you know, there was a part of me that was agreeing with this lie. And all of a sudden I am in this excruciating pain and there's a, I didn't realize that this was true, but there's a little bit of a fear in me that's still like swirling around in me about kidney stones. I've never had them since. It was just this one time in my life. So I'm having this really bad pain in my back and it's mimicking kidney stones. And I'm unsure as to whether that's something that's actually happening or if my back was just hurting. I don't know. And, um, so I'm telling you this, this whole story because it happened again this morning and because it kind of subsided as the day, the day went on yesterday. And, um, and uh, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling a little bit better. My back was still hurting, but then it happened again this morning. And it was like so much worse than, um, what it was yesterday. And, um, so I was like, I was in so much pain. I was crying and was like feeling like I was going to throw up and uh, John hadn't left yet and was like trying to help me. And, and when I'm in pain, the best thing I know to do is to get really quiet and try and like calm myself down and focus on Jesus. I know bizarre, but that's just what I do. And, um, and I realized like, as I calmed myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, I I knew instantly what was happening, that there was a fear that existed in me surrounding kidney stones. And that this pain was attempting to just exasperate that fear and, um, and get me sidelined, you know? And, um, and so John was like, is this kidney stones? And I was like, I don't think so. But kidney stones, I, immediately it was like, I, I came to my senses and that fear no longer had a hold on me. And I was like, okay, this is just like, my back is hurting because I wasn't on top of things. And I was letting these things just kind of dictate the way that, it, that, that I felt. And, um, and the thing is, it's like, because I was dealing with a lot of things throughout, um, the week, I, I realized that I was actually shouldering a lot of those things. And this is all just like, was all happening just by, just by Holy Spirit talking me through things. And like, honey, you've got to understand, like, this isn't your weight to carry. And, and we know that in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I want to go there, go to Matthew 11. We're going to start in verse 28. Um, this is so, 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 so rich, you guys. Um, are you bored? I hope you're not bored. I hope this is good. I, I, you know, I'm just doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do here. And we're going to start in Matthew 28. And this is Jesus talking. He says, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Okay, that right there, right? All you weary carrying a heavy burden, then come to me and I will refresh your life. 
Just simply join your life with mine, right? That's union. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. He's 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 really creating a juxtaposition between who he is and, and who the accuser is, right? Like he's like, understand who I am, understand my ways, understand what it feels like to be enfolded into me, right? That's what he's doing. But what I find really interesting is if we back up to 25, to verse 25, Jesus starts praying. He's surrounded by people and, and he starts praying. He says, Father, thank you for your Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth. And you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully ultimately knows the son except the father and no one fully and intimately knows the father except the son. But the son is able to unveil the father to anyone he chooses. So he's in this prayer. Jesus is in, he just breaks out into prayer in the middle of what he's doing. And then verses 28 through 30, are like the overflow of his prayer. Can you see this? Like he's he's proclaiming who he is in the Father's eyes. He's he's declaring who the Father is, his greatness, and and all that he has done on on Jesus's behalf. And then he breaks this this overflow, just disrupts his prayer. And he says, "Are you weary, carrying a heavy heavy burden? Then come to me." I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. What's he doing? What's Jesus doing? He is speaking on behalf of the father right now. He's introducing the father to these people in a way that they had not known him yet. Okay. I feel like you're bored. I'm going to need some hearts. Guys, this is good. This is good. This is like Jesus, like inviting these people and us into the deeper revelation of who the father is and how much he cares for us. It's absolutely beautiful and just stunning. Simply join your life with mine. There it is. There's the invitation. This, this is, this is happening. This is part of like, we love, we love the spaces like John 14 and John 17, where Jesus begins to talk about the union, about our oneness, about how we are enfolded into them, about that's his desire that we understand who we are in him. And here he is, like Jesus is giving voice on behalf of the Father, saying, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. I, I absolutely love this. I, I love it. Just simply join your life to mine. So when we are experiencing everything else, we are manifesting the results of being outside of union with him, right? Like when we're in him, he quickens us and we can, we can know immediately what's happening all around us. But when we are, when we are seeing ourselves as separated from him, and I understand that, that, that becomes a habitual thing that we do, that we we exist outside of him. We exist in this space of separation. And I will tell you that it is the greatest lie that has hit the earth. 
that we are separated from God because there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. We are in him. He made it so. Jesus did what he did so that we could be fully manifesting the real, the reality of being in him. But when we are separated, when we're making agreements with things that exist outside of him, like the lies that I told you that I was very honest and open about up front here, that's when we're, that's when we're dealing with these shortcomings and we're feeling like we're stumbling and we're stuck in the muck and the mire. You are not separated. You're in him. Say that. Say, I am in him. Isn't that fascinating? I think it's fascinating, you guys. Um, okay. So here's what happened. The moment that I began to realize, okay, I know what's going on here. I know that um, that the this this fear that that of having kidney stones again, of, of dealing with that pain again, that that this back pain is mimicking that to cause me to to just give up, to to be stuck in a space of of pain, and um and I was like, you know what, you're not gonna win. You're just not going to win. You're not going to win this one. And so I immediately text a, a friend and I was like, hey, I need um, I need prayer. This is what's happening. I was very concise in what it was that that I was sharing and um, and which allowed her to be able to step into that space, too. And she's like, <laughs> wow, like I see exactly what's going on also. And then she was explaining that um, she's like, I see a target on your back and I won't tell you the rest because it was really kind of personal. And um, so anyway, victory, right? Like who's excited about this? This is victory. And and the reason why I feel like God wants me to share all this with you is so that you can step in and be more aware of your surroundings and like what it looks like to be an overcomer, right? This This gets better, you guys. Okay. So I'm driving on my way to church and, and again, was super late getting on here, but that's okay because here we are. And I I get to a stoplight where I would typically go straight. I felt like I was like, turn here. So I turned down Franklin to come up on 9th Street. So I'm on 9th Street. I, there's another stoplight and it's red. And I'm sitting there at 9th in Washington. And immediately I look up at the stop sign and above it says Washington, but it, it was ash that was like sticking out. Like it was poppy. I don't know. It was weird. It was like ash. The ash that's in Washington was just popping out at me. And I was like, okay, I'll play. And I'm like, God, what are you trying to say? Like this, because I also know that there's also an ash street in town. So I was just kind of like for a second discombobulated. And, um, but I was like, oh, ash, like what I was experiencing, what, what this, this lie was attempting to attach itself to was ashes, right? That, um, that are a part of my history. And, and so this lie is trying to attach itself to the ashes that are part of my history and breathe life into them. And, and then the next, and so I'm like the longest red light in history, I swear to you. And so that I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, Okay, so that's that's ashes, and we know that we're to rise up out of the ashes because that is biblical. And and what we need to do in these times is really start leeching on to the word of God, right? Like just begin to allow your mind to search for the spaces to find truth to hold on to, and and then 
And then on the top of that, then wash became very apparent. And he's like, I'm washing you in the water of the word, right? Because we know that that's scripture. So he's revealing just through a simple sign on a traffic light, ash. And then he's like, but I'm washing it. And it's so beautiful, you guys, because um, number one, and I did a little bit of research as soon as I got here, the number nine in the Bible is represented as divine completeness. So now I'm going, okay, this is awesome. So I can know that the ash of that history in my life where fear has been provoked around it occasionally, and even today, he is washing that. He's washing it clean. And so so then I was like, felt provoked to really like, hmm, what, what do the kidneys do? Right? So remember, I've told you before that when there is an attack on our lives, the enemy always overplays his hand. Right? Always, always. He's an idiot. He always overplays his hand. And here's the truth is the enemy is an angel, right? He's created as an angel and the angels are to serve God by serving humanity. Graham Cook says, and nothing's changed. Just because he's fallen doesn't mean that anything's changed. He has a role to play and cannot operate outside of that. Now, is he entangled with creating snares for us? Yes, but the thing is he can he has to use truth to be able to do it. So that's how we know that he's overplaying his hand. So I'm like, okay, you want to mess with my kidneys? I'm going to get to the bottom of what my kidneys mean. <laughs> Just so silly. And it turns out there's scripture, you guys. There is scripture that talks about this. Listen to this. Jeremiah 17, 10. And you have to go to some older translations to, to, to get the, the verbiage that, that is actually talking about kidneys because it's actually in our newer translations. It's translated as heart or innermost thoughts, that kind of thing. And, but it's reins. It talks about reins, R-E-I-N-S. It, and that is the kidneys, right? It's our renal, um, our, our renal glands are attached to the kidneys. So that's how we know that that's what that is. But this is what Jeremiah 17 says. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, the kidneys, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, what I've discovered in all of this is the kidneys represent our deep-seated thoughts. Our kidneys represent our deep-seated thoughts. It is the place where we begin to filter out thoughts. I hope this is making sense to you. Like before our thoughts even hit our heart, because we know that out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. That's also scripture. But before it even hits our heart, it gets filtered through this inner working of, uh, of our being that mimics the kidneys function, right? Because we know that the kidneys function as a filter. Isn't this amazing? This is so amazing. And so now I'm just like, thank God for my kidneys. I'm just so thankful that I have kidneys that are functioning in my body. And, and so let's go to, um, I'm going to go to Psalm 51. I hope you guys are having fun because I am having all the fun. Psalm 51. And we're going to start in verse six. I know that you delight to set your truth deep 
in my spirit, right? And this is also, if you find an older translation to read this in, it, it will actually talk about the reins. Um, I know that you did like to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me your wisdom. Purify my conscience. Make me clean again. Wash me in your love until I am pure in heart. Satisfy me in your sweetness and my song of joy will return. The places within me you have crushed will rejoice in your healing touch. Hide my sins from your face. Erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Create a new clean heart within me. Fill me with your pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. Isn't that beautiful? I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So that's what that's what I've been engaged in this morning. And that's what you can also be engaged in. If you will learn to take thoughts captive, there are lies that are going to swirl around you. That's just part of the game. Okay? That's just going to happen. But those lies are actually permitted to come at you to make you stronger. Right? To reveal truth to us. Because again, the enemy, and it's important for me to know that you know, the defeated enemy only has lies to work with. And he always, always overplays his hand. Always. So he wants to start coming at me and, and trying to make me feel like, oh my gosh, like my kidneys are, are disruptive and I'm having kidney stones again. And because I promise you it was the exact same feeling, including the, the feeling like I'm going to throw up and I don't throw up ever. I don't throw up. It's not what I do. I do not throw up. I also don't get sick. See, because I speak better over myself on a regular basis, but it is true. I don't throw up. I don't throw up. And so this feeling immediately, like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. I was feeling super sick, super fast. And, um, but because I was willing to sit in it for a second and be like, what is actually going on here? I was able to uncover the truth, realizing that, oh my gosh, like God has something to share with me right now. He has some deep seated truths that he needs embedded in me right now. Some really awesome revelation that I can like just sit in and can get to the bottom of so I can know him better. Right. And I was also able within that to realize like, oh, I'm carrying some of this. Like I'm not just walking with people. I'm kind of like taking on their stuff and wearing it and got in the invitation in, in Matthew 11 to be like, I can actually trade this. I don't have to carry this. I don't have to carry this at all. I can trade this. I can give this to him because his burden is not that weighty. It's not. It's beautiful. And, and it causes us to turn and look at him. So anyway, I hope that this has been good for you. It has been an amazing journey for me this morning. And, and realizing that, you know, sometimes we're under attack before we even know that we're under attack, right? And and mostly because we haven't gotten really good at, at knowing what it feels like to stand in victory. So let's get better at that. Because here's the thing. 
God is okay with us being blemished lambs. He is. He's okay with that. He's not rejecting us. He's not looking at us and going like, oh my gosh, could you get it together? He's not looking at us like that. Now, I might look at you like that. That's just my human nature where I'm like, come on. But that's just because I want to see you victorious. God isn't looking at us like that. We do know that in scripture that um, the, the, the blemished lamb it wasn't good enough to sacrifice, right? But Jesus became the sacrifice. Like he was the ultimate unblemished lamb of God. So I want to share one other thing. I wasn't sure I was going to share this with you. While I was getting ready this morning, I, I was actually in the bathtub trying to like, kind of like help my back. And, and this was before it got really bad. Um, but while I was in there, I was just kind of like, I was just communing with the Lord. And that verse that says, um, clean hands and a pure heart in, in Psalm 51, where it talks about having clean hands and a pure heart. I was like going over that and, and thinking about, thinking about being a blemished lamb or being a clean lamb and, and all of that. I'm like, God, like, I know what you demanded in the old covenant, but what does that look like now? Like, give me some revelation. What does that look like now? And, um, cause it's not that he, he knows, he knows that we fall short, but here's, here's what I realized this morning is because I had this picture and this had everything to do with where I was at. I saw myself as this lamb and, and, and the reason, the only reason that, that there was even a, a hint of being unclean or blemished was because of this lie that had a grip on me. And I saw its hand. I saw its hand just grip me. And I thought, Jesus, I don't want that. I don't want to be gripped by an unclean hand, right? It has nothing to do with my hands. My hands are clean because I have been purified. I've been sanctified in the blood of the lamb, right? That's what's true of me. But when we allow a hand of a lie to be placed on us and determine where we're going to move and how we're going to believe and, and what actions are going to come from us, how we begin to manifest our life. That's when, that's when we fail to, that's when we're living separated from God, right? Rather than in him. Because we live and we move and we, believe, we breathe and have our being in him, right? But when, that, when we allow that hand, that dirty hand to be placed on us, that is the same as being that blemished lamb. And here's what I was, this is what broke into my thoughts was that Moravian anthem of the lamb that was slain is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. The lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. What is the reward what is the reward? We have to know this. We have to know what the reward is. The reward is us standing in victory. The reward is the lamb having offspring, having brothers and sisters who are willing to stand in victory, who are willing to fight to be an overcomer, who are willing to have their eyes opened to their spiritual surroundings, understanding when that dirty hand is trying to grab hold of us because he wants us to understand who we are. We are the pure and spotless lamb because we've been enfolded into him. 
So for the Lamb of God to receive the reward of his suffering, we have to align with truth. We have to understand who we have been made to be in him. We are free and we are, we're to be pursuing freedom, the freedom that he gives, right? We're, be, we're, we're to be pursuing the peace that he gives, the joy that he gives. We're to be experiencing these realms of glory that he has set up for us on the earth to be functioning from and not be, you know, in James where it says like, oh my gosh, you're still being moved by these waves of doubt. And he's looking for those who are willing to be steadfast in what he has accomplished, right? We are new creation. We've been spilled up from his side. We were birthed while he was suffering. We are the reward of the lamb. We're his reward. We are his reward. What are you offering? What are you offering up to him? Are you just being moved and tossed about in the seas, the seas, waves? Or are you becoming steadfast and knowing who it is that you are? I'm just going to pray for us right now. I'm praying right now that you are awakened, that your eyes would be wide open to who you are, that you would begin to see all around you. You know, Elisha, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop my prayer. Elisha prayed for his servant. Do you remember this? That his eyes would be opened so that he could see all those that were for him so that he would begin to understand that those that are for him were greater than those that were set against them. And when his eyes were open, he saw legions of angels all around him. I'm just praying that our eyes would be open, that we would begin to recognize that there is far greater a company of servants that are, that are that, of servants of God that are here to serve us, that are here to usher the good us into the goodness of God. It's greater are they that are for us than he that stands against us. He's a defeated enemy. And the sooner you can agree with that, the sooner you can stand in victory. But we do have to learn to take captive our thoughts. And look what happens when we do. When we when we begin to stand firm and realize, oh my gosh, like this is an opportunity for me to wrestle my way into being an overcomer. For me to chase down what's actually happened here. For me to realize that one singular lie has the power, if agreed with, to derail me. But it also, if I'm on my A game and my eyes are willing to be opened, Look what all I've discovered because of it. I didn't know anything about the, the correlation be, between our physical kidneys and our bodies and, and our spiritual kidneys. I didn't know anything about that until now, right? So now I feel, I feel empowered to stand strong and to stand firm in who I am. Is my back still hurting? Yeah, it is. But I'm also realizing that my body may be manifesting something, but it has to give way. It does because of what Jesus did, right? Like he stopped short. He stopped before getting to the cross and allowed himself to be beaten. 
for my health. So I know that my back will align. That's going to be fine. I'm not even worried about it. I might be moving a little bit slower and I might not be able to bend over. I might be moving a little older than I am. It's going to be okay because my healing will manifest. My body will catch up. My body will catch up. The more that I wash myself, remember the ash in the wash, the ashes have to be washed away now because my eyes are open to it. It has to go. It has to go. It has no choice. It has to go. And we need to become that resolute in, in, in our lives. We do. We have to know what is right and what is not. What is right for me? This back pain has to go. And no longer will I be tempted by the fear of kidney stones. Kidney stones aren't a part of who I am. They can't exist here. All right. Guys, have your eyes open today. Revel in who you are in him. Ask yourself, am I believing in a separation gospel or am I believing in a union gospel? Get yourself in Christ. Flow from there. I bless your weekend and pray that you would stumble into all the goodness. Okay? We'll talk soon.